for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am Art Stapleton, and this is your special edition post-game podcast, The New York Giants. The magical run of October has come to an end. They lose by the final score of 27-13 here at Lumen Field in Seattle, and it sets up Quite a second half for the New York Giants overall, and I think what you're going to see now is going to be the debate between the big picture, which the Giants are 6-2. and two. I think anyone would have signed up for that, whether it's a Giants fan or the Giants in their own building. Players, coaches, and even the media could not have believed that the Giants would be 6-2 and two in the first eight games under Brian Dable and staff considering the restrictions that this team had building to this point. What today showed me and showed everyone are the limitations of this team. And for the first time in a month, they went up against a coaching staff that matched them play for play. That was not outcoached. Now, I would not say Brian Dable and his staff was outcoached by Seattle, but I certainly think the Seahawks coaching staff seemingly had an answer for everything that the Giants did. Got to give credit to Geno Smith. All of the accolades and the praise that he's been receiving over the last couple year, last couple weeks has been validated today against the Giants. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both played. Both hurt the Giants. Lockett hurt the Seahawks by dropping a first uh, first half touchdown. But they come back, and the game was tied at 13. Early in the fourth quarter, after Graham Gano hit a 45-yard field goal, and less than two minutes later, Geno Smith connected with Lockett on a 33-yard touchdown pass, Five of five on the drive. They go up 20 to 13. The things that the Giants had done in the fourth quarter of these games, they failed to do in the second half. And it came back to bite them. The two turnovers on the punt returns, Richie James, not one, but two. One, the Giants were getting the ball back with an opportunity to get points before the first half ended. That turned out to be points for the Seahawks. When Jason Myers kicked the field goal to go up 10-7, put the Giants behind. And then the last-ditch effort, when it was 20-13, the Giants forced a fumble and... I'm sorry, the Giants forced a punt. And then Richie James fumbles the punt and the Seahawks recover 20 to 13 and that was essentially the ball game. 
The Giants had some missed tackles that hurt. They had some breakdowns in coverage that hurt. Now, this is not a pin that pops the Giants' balloon. Don't get me wrong. But this is a game that people who are focused on the here and now will look at this team and say they need help. Joe Shane, the trade deadline is 4 o'clock on Tuesday. Go make a deal. Go get this team a wide receiver. Go get Chase Claypool, who I don't believe is available for the Steelers. Certainly, I would not pay a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. Go get Jerry Judy from the Broncos. When he was a freshman at Alabama, Brian Dable was his offensive coordinator. Go get Judy. I don't believe Judy will be available for the Giants, and I'm not sure if they would make that play. DJ Moore certainly had himself an eventful day for the Panthers today. Would they make him available? You'd probably have to overpay for DJ Moore. I'm not sure the Giants are in position to do that. So the other other receiver that right now jumps out on the page is because you saw a ton of reports on Sunday morning is Brandon Cooks. Now, if Brandon Cooks is traded one more time by Tuesday, he will become the the most traded player in NFL history. So that's a weird quirk in and of itself. He would... I believe, beat Eric Dickerson. So the thing that doesn't bother me about Cooks for this year, even though he's 29 years old, is the fact that it's minimal. It's under a million dollars that they would have to pay in salary cap for the rest of the season. The bigger problem is next year he is guaranteed $18 million. I would not pay $18 million for a 30-year-old wide receiver that goes against everything that Joe Shane is trying to build with this team. So what do you do? What do you do if you're Joe Shane? Now, I don't believe this team is sitting in the locker room expecting Joe Shane to make a move. I don't believe Brian Dable is expecting them to make a move, at wide receiver especially. But it's a difficult spot to be in because right now, for all you want to do at 6-2, and two, you don't want to have fool's gold either. The Giants have games coming out of the bye against the Texans and the Lions at home. Conceivably, they could be 8-2 and two going to Thanksgiving against Dallas. At that point, you would imagine this team is going to be right there all the way through the remainder of the season for a wild card in the NFC. But you don't want to make moves that compromise 2023. Joe Shane has said all along his number one priority was to make sure this team was in good salary cap health going into 2023. They are that. They have the third most cap space for next season. Now, granted, that will change when they make decisions at quarterback, what they do with Saquon Barkley at running back. So all those things will factor in. But the question you have to ask yourself, is Shane doing a good job as general manager if he worries about the future and refuses to compromise that? Or is he being derelict in his duties by not adding somebody to this team? Regardless of how good the Giants have played, they're still the third best team in the NFC East. The Eagles are still undefeated. If you're being honest with yourself, if you're a Giants fan, or if you're someone in the Giants organization, are they truly there with the Eagles and the Cowboys? No, they're not. Not from my perspective, not where I sit. That doesn't take away anything from this team. 
I understand wanting to make the playoffs, but how much more special would it be to make the playoffs without compromising next year? So, as much as I think they could use upgrades in certain positions, and I would like to see Joe Shane explore some of those opportunities, I am not of the belief that this team needs to go out and absolutely get a wide receiver no matter what. Because I've seen the mistakes made by previous regimes here with the Giants. This isn't strike while the iron is hot. The Giants aren't making the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. They're a compromised football team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And when a team can put them in position to have to play the way they played in the second half of the game against the Seahawks, a good team, 5-3, and three, they lead the, a- the NFC West. Give them credit. The Seahawks played well today. And the Giants did a pretty good job at stopping Kenneth Walker and making Geno Smith beat them with throws. And he did. He really did. And I think Geno Smith deserves a lot of credit for it. And if those people want to tell you, oh, Seattle knew that Geno Smith was going to be this, everybody I talked to in Seattle thought Drew Locke was going to win the job. And then Geno Smith comes out to do what he's doing. So let's put that talk to bed. So if I'm assessing this team and where they're at coming out of this game, I hate saying status quo because I think they should look into whatever upgrades they can get. But you're not going to go out and trade for a right tackle. You hope that Evan Neal can come back healthy by Thanksgiving in the game against the Cowboys. You're not going to do anything at left guard because you have Shane Lemieux in the offing. Nick Gates came back today, was on the field as an eligible receiver, third tight end, had a key block in Saquon Barkley's touchdown. A lot of people feeling great about Nick Gates in this locker room. You know, but when Kayvon Kayvon Thibodeau, I thought, had the best answer for this and essentially said, you're only as good as your last game. And that needs to be the focus of the Giants. They need to get better than what they were today. Now, does that mean that Joe Shane needs to go out and all of a sudden make bold moves like he were the Rams or the Eagles. The Eagles are in a good position for themselves. They've built their offensive line. They've built their defensive line. They went out and made a bold move for a wide receiver. Does that bold move for the Giants come in the offseason when they go out and they get a receiver from somebody else? Or they draft a receiver in the first round if they make their decisions on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley for the short term, the long term, however it is. I would not try to upgrade with a wide receiver that's going to cost me down the road. Because even if I bring a receiver in, let's say I bring in Jerry Judy or I bring in DJ Moore. DJ Moore's a hard one because I don't think Carolina's going to trade him. So let's say they bring in Chase Claypool. Is that player going to put you in position to win the division? No. Is that player going to put you in a better position to challenge for a playoff spot? Sure. But what are you playing for here? Are you playing to make the playoffs? Or are you playing to win the division and make a run at the Super Bowl? That's the question you need to ask yourself. You're at 6-2. and two. The best you can do right now 
is get to a point and make this team as good as it can be under the parameters that you're dealing with right now. If you're Joe Shane, do not compromise whatever plan you have for this team because it's working right now. There's no reason to compromise your plan for this year. You want to go out there and and make a play for a player you think is going to improve this roster? Sure, do that. But I, I would not go crazy thinking you're going to improve this team. Get this team to play better. Not turn the ball over twice on special teams. Not miss a ton of tackles on Kenneth Walker's touchdown. Xavier McKinney's going to be thinking about that tackle he missed all week. But the reality is this team is 6-2. and two. Anyone would have signed up for 6-2. and two. Heck, I had this team winning six games all year. Still haven't proven me wrong yet. I would imagine that's coming very quickly. So this team needs to come out of the bye with some central sense of urgency. It'll be interesting to see how Brian Dable and this team and this coaching staff react. This was a clear example of a coaching staff, an opposing coaching staff, that zeroed in on what the Giants did well and how they won their games over the last month and took that away. They took away Daniel Jones's bootlegs. They prevented him from getting out of the pocket and making plays with his legs for the most part. They were able to shut down Saquon Barkley. The Seahawks team was pretty good today. This was not a 1-6 team that the Giants came out here and played and lost to. So I come away from here feeling like the Giants competed. This one of these games was going to happen. I did not expect the Giants to go 16-1. and And if you did, well, you're probably a little short-sighted. So that's where we're at. Set you up for the week. We'll have Brian Dable and some players on Zoom. I will be flying home tonight from Seattle on the Red Eye. And then Tuesday, we should have Joe Shane talking, uh, whether it's before or after the end of the trade deadline. But we'll have a sense of where the Giants are at. And... At this point, I think I think most realistic Giants fans will take a step back and say it's six and two. Let's go after it in the second half. There's some winnable games to begin that second half, and if you could somehow get to eight and two before you go to Dallas, I think you'll be feeling very good about your chances at squeezing into the playoffs. And then who knows? Injuries happen in the division. Maybe something happens with the Eagles. It just as easily could happen with the Giants or the Cowboys, and you just play it the way it is. So, as always, appreciate you being all in. Hope you enjoyed this week's post-game podcast, and we'll be back very soon. Thanks for listening.